0: This is the Horse Radio Network. Breaking up with your trainer ain't always easy. We share our tips on how not to be a drama llama and get out of there with some semblance of a reputation. You're either a polo wraps person or a boots person, but you can't be both. Fake news has spread its way into the horse world, and finally, some riders are demanding better bras. Thanks for tuning in. From Heelstown Magazine, a podcast where horse pros chat about what's happening in the horse world over drinks. Welcome Welcome to Happy Happy Hour. Hour. I'm Justine Griffin.
1: I'm Jess Payne.
2: And I'm Alex Wells. Welcome, welcome.
1: Welcome. So guys, I have a drink for you this time.
2: And it's a little bit,
1: it's a twist off like one of my favorite drinks. So it's a Salty Dog Punch. And someone recommended it from the Facebook group.
0: Oh, awesome.
1: Yeah. So it is, it's basically like a Greyhound cocktail, which is you either put gin or vodka with grapefruit juice. And I love fresh grapefruit juice. But then the difference in that one is it's called the salty dog because they put salt on the rim, kind of like you do a margarita glass.
0: Interesting. I hate grapefruit juice, but I've had oh. I've had a greyhound so and I do like them. So that is interesting.
1: Sounds right up. My yeah, eye. and you can like yeah, you can garnish it with a lime, add some soda, like do a little different like twist to it, but it's so good.
0: Oh my god, and it's like 85 degrees here today. Like that's it sounds like a summer drink, and it feels like summer outside, so I'm ready for it. <laughs> totally. It's
1: definitely a summer drink.
0: This episode is brought to you by Eagle Gold. Eco Gold is proud to put your horse first with technology that helps keep your horse comfortable in his work add a flip half pad to your Eco Gold collection for the best of both worlds both traditional and fun shop now at EagleGold.ca. all right alex you got some news for us this week i think you've got the most serious news
2: i do um I'll bet some people probably read about it already, but um Kent Farrington unfortunately took a bit of a tumble last week and he broke his leg.
1: Oh no. So, oh.
2: So he had surgery and is on the mend and he's it's actually, even though it was kind of a you know, a bad injury, he's supposed to be back in five or six weeks. So we hope he gets better soon and gets back in the saddle and ready for the wag. Wow. That's, that's amazing how quickly he could, I mean,
0: when you think about a broken leg,
2: yeah, that's impressive. I know. I mean, that's what they're saying and hopefully everything goes well and he's back on that timeline, but I would say that does sound good for a broken leg. (laughs) Sounds amazing.
0: So he does not anticipate that really slowing him down or affecting him with, with it being a WEG year at this point.
2: I don't believe so. I mean, I think that you know we're we're really fortunate in Wellington to have really good doctors and physical therapists that you know understand what we do, and even though they have to do right by you know uh, the person healing, they they get what they have to do to get certain people back in the tack. And I think number one in the world, <laughs> probably they get that he's on a certain timeline. So sure. Well, get better, Kent.
1: Yeah, we're gonna wish him the best that he's fast recovery
0: for sure. What about you, Jess? You got something good on
1: way lighter note. So we were talking about in the last episode about underwear and what we all like for underwear. Well, I guess a lot of people in Europe and especially in the UK, the riders have been calling for better bras. So they must've like channeled their inner heels down happy hour because there are riders that are complaining that are taking away from riding because they can't ride because they're bras don't fit correctly and that that's what's turning them away and then preventing them from riding at their best level that they've actually got the horse riders guide to bras on like how to fit better bras because most people's problems with bras is they don't fit correctly and there's these whole articles and everything on them so they've wow. channeled what we were talking about
0: you go girls at least somebody's like making a difference right <laughs> it's
2: about time. I know. Can you-
1: one of the things that surprised me though was only 35% of people ride in sports bras.
2: Seriously?
1: Why? That's what this study said. I wow. have no idea. I couldn't ride in a real bra.
2: I just want to know if the other 65% are in pain because I couldn't, I, right?
1: well, <laughs> I think that's the big problem is they're like complaining of pain. So then they're like having all this, we need a better fit and all this. I'm like, oh, well, sports bra, that's what works for us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: I mean, I have ridden in a normal bra. You know, it's like it happens sometimes. But it, yeah, like, of course, you prefer the sports bra. That's really interesting.
1: But I still need you to send me those little or show me what those clip things were that you were talking about. Oh, yeah. Ah.
0: The racer clips. Yes.
1: Yeah. Because that would, you know, fix a ton because that's what we're talking about is the straps fall down and that's part of what's annoying. So I need those little clips. I think that would help us out.
0: Oh, yeah. I'm going to send them to you right now
1: perfect Ah, what do you got for us justine
0: okay so this is a great story there is you guys have seen mini ponies that have been trained to be like service animals right kind of like a service dog but it's a mini pony have you ever seen that before
1: yeah they go to hospitals and everything
0: yeah yeah so um there is a they trained a mini pony in britain and he is the first ever guide horse and they gave him to a journalist actually a blind journalist uh to help him on airplanes and in restaurants and all over the place. But um, this is very special to me because I'm a journalist. And so I, this is a wonderful gift. But anyway, so the cute little pony's name is Digby. Of course, it's like an adorable name.
2: Um,
0: oh, yeah, so um, so he was gifted to this journalist. And I guess the, uh, the journalist, he works for the BBC. Um, he is blind, but he's afraid of dogs. So he didn't want a dog. So we got a horse instead. <laughs>
2: That's
0: amazing. I know the pictures are so cute and we'll be sure to link that. He wears like cute little like horse booties and stuff and wears like a little, a little like saddle pad slash cape that says service horse, you know, like how the dogs wear their little capes. It's
1: pretty cool. That is really cute. But they you could train
0: them to do all kinds of stuff like open doors and obviously they can hold stuff like saddle bags and things. Yeah,
2: that's impressive. I mean, horses are smart, but you don't think of them being able to do things like,
0: you know, service dogs do. So that's really cool. Yeah, it's really neat. So that's a good feel-good story. Love it. All right, Alex. So we are on to our product review. And I know you got to wear some cool stuff from Europe recently. Can you tell us about it?
2: Yes. So I actually wore the breeches today. They're from a brand called Chill Out Horsewear. And they're so comfortable that I didn't want to take them off. Um, they're, they, they're more than just breeches. They, they have shirts and, you know, outerwear and, and other, you know, horse wear. but you know, the breeches I tried today, I was like, these are flattering and they're breathable and I mean, just so, so comfortable and they're fun. Um, they also have a bit of a higher rise, which for me personally is a bonus and they're really affordable, I think. I mean, the breeches now are so expensive. And to be able to have nice breeches that fit well, they're about 115 US dollars. They're priced on the website in British pounds. But, you know, I, for me, that's, that's
1: a that's big, bonus. great.
2: And they're super, yeah. pretty. they're just, they're very different from brands I've seen here in the States. And I think people will really like them. They're an awesome product. What are the, what's that's the
0: fabric it. feel like? Like when, you know, like, is there something you could compare it to? Like, is it real stretchy or is it like pretty it's, firm?
2: It's, it's, I mean, honestly, the, the only thing I can compare them to is like workout wear. Like it's, it's not as constricting as normal breeches are that I've tried. Um, for me, they're, they're, you know, they hold everything in, but they're also really soft and, and stretchy. So I don't know how they're, they're like, I mean, I don't want to call it spandex, but they're like
1: workout pants to me. That's wow. So they're oh, awesome. awesome. Do they have a pocket in the back? They look like they have a pocket, but is it a little zipper or can you put your phone in the, like your back pocket?
2: Oh, the cool thing, yeah, there is a pocket and it's deep enough that you can put your phone in it, which yes. I, mean, I can't put my phone in any other breeches pocket. So that was like a really good no. cool surprise when I put them on. They no, come I up, like, one really other
1: pair years ago. Oh, really?
0: But, a, one other pair that, that you can you put your put- phone in?
1: Yeah, and I loved them. And now I can't find anything that has my phone pocket and they don't really fit in my front pockets. And no. so I've been dying to find a pair of riding breeches that have pocket for my phone basically. Nope. Chill out and nail that. It's perfect. Awesome. Oh, I'm so excited. I'm gonna have to look on the website.
0: Yeah. I also I also am like a fan of high rise breeches too. And I don't yes. know if that's like the old school hunter in me, but I like, but with a a totally like a fit feeling, like what you're saying, Alex, like I love yoga, like yoga pants that are high rise too. So that's interesting. I'll have to check these out. Did you only ride in the breeches or do they have any other clothes that you were interested in?
2: So they have shirts that, and especially being here in Florida, they, you know, they're kind of like higher neck shirts that zip up and I'm all about the sun protection. So that's a big bonus. They have really cool like bomber jackets and, um, you know, raincoats. And then they also have these kind of day to night or like barn to street sort of breeches. I don't even want to call I don't know what they're you have to look at the website to see what they actually call them on there, but they're really, really versatile. Like I feel like I could go from the barn to dinner in these pants because they're just, you know, you, they're, they don't look like breeches. They're that nice.
1: Wow. Really? Yeah. Huh. I'll have to check those out for sure. Oh know. Sounds good. Do you know how to tell if your horse is a senior? If you guessed age, you'd be wrong because not all horses age at the same rate. So how do you know if your horse has entered their golden years? Well, you might have noticed gray or white hair around their eyes or muzzle, weight loss, low energy, decline in dental condition, or a choppier gait due to aches and pains. If any of these describe your horse, he or she might be a senior. And it might be a good time to start him or her on Purina Equine Senior or Equine Senior Active Horse Feed. They both have active age, a proprietary prebiotic proven through their years of research to support a senior's horse's aging immune system. With Purina Equine Senior, greatness never ages. To learn more, visit purinamills.com backslash active age.
2: So from our Heels Down Happy Hour podcast lounge group on Facebook, which has been a lot of fun. We've had a lot of engagement there. Um, We had a question from Kirsta, and her question was, how do you change barns, trainers, farriers, or other horse care professionals and not burn bridges, cause drama and maintain a friendly relationship with those you no longer use for various services, especially if you have to continually interact with them for other reasons? I feel like way too often people are just mean, and there is an explosion of drama and name calling and petty behavior. How do we maintain those relationships in the small horse world, and at the same time be our horses' caretakers that hold their well being as our priority? Well, I think this affects almost anybody that has horses. What do you guys think about this, Jess? I why don't you go first? Subject.
1: Yeah, because yeah, you've probably
0: been on it's... both both sides of it as the trainer, and you know what I mean. As just curious, as what do you, the
1: client, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've been on both you know, and it's really hard, both sides, like, you know, you want to be like, the customers are always right. But then, you know, as me, I'm like, well, I don't feel like you're right. But <laughs> you know, like, so it's been a very, it's a really tough one. Honestly, every situation is different. And sometimes it's not good. Honestly, sometimes you try your best to say, okay, because for us, like, you want to always please the owners as well. Like that kind of adds into the group of people that you don't want to Know have conflicts with and stuff, but at some points, like they want to leave and go to another trainer or whatever else, and um, go to another rider for that matter. And honestly, I think communication's the best. That's, what, in my opinion, that's become the best. Like even if it's a little bit tricky and you don't really want to talk about it and it's hard, that open communication seems to kind of, even if it's painful at the beginning, in the long run, I think everybody appreciates it. It's more if you say oh, I'm just going to sweep it under the rug and move on. Then you see the person later on and it becomes more awkward. So we usually try to just like get it out of the way at the beginning and had the awkward conversation and say, look, you're not working as our farrier, our vet, whatever, X, Y, and Z. Um, I'm really sorry. Hopefully there's no hard feelings. There usually are. And kind of move on in hope that, you know, they respect your opinion. And we kind of have to do the same. We I think we're a little bit different in the sense that, like, you know, if you want to ride with us, great. But if you don't, like, we're not going to make you. So we've had people, you know, kind of have lessons here and there, go to other trainers, come back, you know, and it's just about open communication. We don't really, you know, if you tell us from the beginning, we want kind of lessons here and there. We never, you know, expect anything different.
0: Totally. Yeah, that's interesting. So uh, having grown up like in a competitive hunter environment, I just, it was always sort of drilled into your head that like whatever your trainer says is right. You know what I mean? So like, I can't, I can't ever imagine as a junior and then having parents who are not horse people whatsoever, um, being in a situation where I would have left my trainer for better or for worse. So I never did. But, um, as an adult, you think back on things now, you know, like you've learned and you have a little bit more perspective and I'm like, well, maybe, you know, there are situations. You should
1: have ridden with that person. Yeah. (laughs) You know, but, um,
0: when it comes to uh, to care providers, especially when you're an amateur and you're boarding a horse, like when it comes to a farrier or a vet or um maybe it's just because I'm a give no shits kind of person. but if it if it comes down to like the care of my horse and I feel like this person is does not have my horse's best interest at heart, then I have no problem being blunt and upfront and being like, listen, this is what I expect from the level of care when I'm paying somebody to do something for my horse, and if it's not, if that's not reaching that standard, I'm going to tell somebody that, uh, just as someone who is, a, on the consumer end of paying for something for a Absolutely. service, you know, and not to be, like, a super jerk of a person,
2: yeah. yeah, you know, you know
0: what I mean, I'm trying to think of, like, an appropriate word to use on air here, but
2: I, you know, you have I to you have to do, yeah,
0: you're just, I think it's important to be clear, like, what you said, Jess, like, hey, this is,
1: I have a, but speaking of which, like care, we had a good friend not long ago tell us that the care person, you know, person taking care of her horses, her horses are boarded. Uh, it wasn't really a trainer situation. She has had these horses boarded, and she was telling the lady what to feed them, and she's the lady was feeding them like four times the amount and saying, "Oh, you're out of grain," and she's like. Uh, I can't be. And I was like, at that point, that's your horse's well-being. Like, you need to go over there and be very, very blunt. Be like, if you don't do this, like, remove your horses immediately. Because that's where I almost get a little, like, you know, fired up. in like, your horse's care is no matter what, number one. And if somebody's not listening to you and you feel that they're not, like, taking care of them properly, absolutely, like, absolutely have a conversation right away. Because... That was really scary when we had that. It was a couple weeks ago, and I was like, "That's really scary." Somebody's feeding your horses four times the amount of what it was supposed to be. That is way
0: crazy, scary. But so I, I think, so I think the trainer part of it is a whole other level because That's different. Yeah, you trust your trainer with so much, and like I, you know, you, it's almost like uh, not like a doctor, but like you inherently trust that your trainer will always have your best interest at heart, right?
1: Like that's, well, they should, they should,
0: you should be able to trust them, but there are situations where you can't, but you know, there, or so do you guys have an example of like a time where you lessened with somebody and you just knew it wasn't the right fit. And how did you communicate, like getting out of that situation?
2: I mean, for me personally, there there were times when I was a junior where, you know, I, I would, I, I stayed a lot of the time with the same kind of people and and, you know for the for the most part generally speaking. But if I did have a lesson with somebody else, I was always really careful to kind of just, you know, from the get-go say, okay, we're gonna do this and try it out. And if it doesn't work, you know, no hard feelings, we're just this is a strictly a trial basis. That way there aren't expectations, you know, beyond sort of the initial lesson or, you know, couple lessons, whatever it is. And then the other side of it too is that even if it's for something long term, you know, nothing lasts forever. You know, there are are life circumstances, there are, you know, there are so many people that ride and they're either going to college or they go off to college and they realize that, you know, they can't ride as much as they thought they'd be able to. And I think that everybody involved has to be realistic and kind of understand that, you know, there's sometimes there's more to it than just the horse side of it. Sometimes it's, you know, real life, so to speak. And that, you kind of have to go with the flow and, and not burn bridges.
0: So I, I'm trying to think I had a moment in college where, you know, I was broke and, but I rode on the dressage team and I remember having like a, a confrontation with the, the dressage trainer there just because uh, like, I really liked her and enjoyed riding there, but she, you know, her interest was for the team. And after that she didn't have any spots available and it was like this awkward you know arrangement where she was just like nah you know you don't you don't own a horse I had sold my horse at the time I was a college student and I remember being like feeling crappy about the way it ended but feeling like I had no power because I didn't have a horse I wasn't you know in a program with her I just rode on the college team and took lessons before and in retrospect like I understand her perspective now but I do think she could have handled it better and that's just that just comes down to people's personalities right I mean so you're going to click with some people and you're not going to click with other people. And I just don't think people should be afraid to say like, Hey, this doesn't work for me. I'm sorry. Thank you for everything you've done. Right.
2: Right. I mean, even if you're totally nice about something or, you know, you handle something correctly, so to speak, I think there are always going to be personalities that just don't mesh well
1: at the end of the day. And that's okay.
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: So just saying, do you have any stories for us, like a bad farrier or, you know, personal barn story where you're boarding or anything that kind of is of interest here?
0: Yeah. So actually um, I do. So I, I had taken a new job and was moving my horse and moved to a new boarding barn. And I was really excited because it was a more active showing barn than I had been at previously. And I was kind of stoked to get back in like a, a community of, you know, with other amateurs that were showing and doing stuff. But the way that this barn manager sort of ran her farm is We all had to use the same people. So she had this farrier that I didn't have a choice Um, uh, or otherwise I, if I wanted to have my own farrier, I would have to like show up every time the farrier was there. Um, She wouldn't hold my horse for me, even if I paid her, that kind of thing. So this farrier came out and uh, granted it's, I moved in the summertime. It's Florida. It was muddy. And my mare immediately like pulled a shoe two weeks of, Showing up at this farm. So this is my first interaction with this new farrier. And um, the barn owner sweared by him. Like he did all her horses for years and years. So I was like, whatever, it'll be fine. You know, I, I don't know this person that well, but I'm going to trust her opinion. Well, the farrier was a total nightmare. <laughs> so just even to like, he was supposed to show up and put the shoe on and then canceled twice. And then the third time just never showed up. So I can't ride my horse this whole time. Uh, by the time he does show up, he tells me that because my mare is old, she was older. She was like 17, 18 at the time. She's a little stiff on her hind head. And he was saying that because of the way she like racked up her hind legs, she had string halts. And then he was wanting to be like, push her around, like acting like she was being bad for him. But she's just a little bit old and a little bit, you know what I mean? Like she, yeah, it was crazy. I was just like enraged mad about how this guy interacted with my horse for the first time ever seeing him. And I just straight up told the barn owner, like, I'm not. That guy is not shoeing my horse again. I just don't have a good feeling about it. He's kind of a jerk. He's not a vet to be making like sort of vet observations um, about my yeah, horse's diagnosis. health. You know, they're
1: totally. diagnosing your horse.
0: Yeah, I was like, and this guy was, he's a well-known farrier who does a lot of barns in my area still. And I just was like, this is not, not working for me. I do not want him to shoe my horse. Maybe if I had a horse that was barefoot and you know what I mean? Like I, it would, I don't know, wasn't into it. And the bar it, it caused a little bit of a rift between the barn owner and I, but what was I supposed to do? Uh, it's up to me to stand up for my horse. And I was, I, well, that guy was not going to be good for my horse. So I told did him Did no. the
1: barn owner let you? Kind of st- moved to a new farrier or did you have to move barns? I was
0: able to bring in another farrier, but I had to, I had to throw a fit. I had to throw a fit about it. So, and then, you know, being an amateur, I, I hate that. I hate like walking that line because every barn has that one, you know, that one amateur owner that's just like obsessive, compulsive, paranoid something's always wrong with their horse and they're spending all this money trying to fix it. And they're like a pain in the ass for whoever owns the barn. You know what I mean? Like there's always that one person and I never want to be that person, but (laughs) I have to be an advocate for my horse. Right. I have to be. No, you have
1: to, you have to, I mean, Especially
0: as, as an amateur, I'm the only, like, I'm the only person looking out for my horse. So I, I said no, and I just moved there. So and I was new to this barn, and I was, I was kind of terrified. I was like, this isn't gonna go well, probably. Um, and it, it didn't at first. Yeah, but I called my farrier from my past the farm I was at before, and he was willing to drive a little bit farther to come and shoe only my horse at this barn, and we were able to make it work. And this is the best part. This is the best part. So um the lady who owned the farm was running it, and then she ended up moving and but still owned the property, but then hired another manager. And that manager loved my farrier better, so we got rid of the crappy one. But it took like, you know, nine months of me being there. But um yeah, and it was awkward and weird, but I just, you know, sometimes you just got to do it. Don't be afraid. Stick up for your horse.
2: Horse first.
0: It would be harder to do with a trainer, though. Totally, yes.
2: Totally.
0: So that's the one that's tough. And I think I would ask other people or, like, film a ride and then ask other, like, another, I don't know, someone I trust to be like, am I wrong here about how I feel about a trainer? Or, you know what I mean, before I would make that kind of decision, I think.
1: I don't know. I think a lot of it's got to be your gut. You're the one that's got to ride with them too, you know? So that's with the true. trainer, I think it's all kind of what meshes because a lot of times it's not to please everybody else. It's to please you and make your riding better. So I think in that sense, the trainer is more of like a personal preference and what, you know, cause I think a farrier is more what works best for your horse and like, as long as they have, you know they're good enough at their job. They have good mannerisms. They're good around the horse. Most people are going to like them, but that's totally different with the trainers. I think it's all personal preference. And so I think that it's pretty important that if you don't get along with them from the beginning, I think that's how you stay with them longer is kind of, as long as you mesh from the beginning, you'll probably stay with that trainer quite a bit longer.
0: Sure. You're going to, yeah, you have to have like, it's a, it's almost like a, you know,
1: Going on a A date. You have to have,
0: yeah, you have to have, like, feel good about it right off the bat. Yeah, Jess, have you ever had a, like, from the other way, like, have you ever had a client where you're just like, this isn't working for you? Like, you felt like you couldn't help them or that it just wasn't the right fit?
1: Doug fired a client once and told them that he couldn't help them once because he honestly just, like, didn't get along with her. Not that she's a bad person or anything else like that. And said, well, Jessica will teach you. (laughs) Oh <laughs> um, no, she's, she's Next still a help. very good client of mine. And like, I love her and we joke about it, but she literally looked at me one day and said, Doug just fired me and told me I'm coming to you. And then I, I would actually understand you better. So, um, that was kind of awkward, but,
0: but it worked out. I,
1: yeah. I've never, I don't know. The clients kind of, we kind of uh, do like what, you know, Alex said in the beginning, they kind of come for a lesson and if they don't really mesh, you know, there's no obligation to come back, and the ones that mesh from the beginning, they've stayed with me for a long, long time. So it's kind of it gets out pretty, or I mean, like pretty blunt, right? So if you don't get along with me from the beginning, it's you're probably not going to come back, and you know, be like, oh yeah, let me try again. <laughs> like That <Right>. wasn't. Gonna- <laughs> Are there a lot of
0: trainers out there? Um, Heels down. We wrote a story a couple of issues ago about the different coaching styles of like the dictator type and the. Um, you know, the more mentor friend type and there's still, you know, like you go to Yeah. Yeah. We have talked about it, but I'm just curious. Like, do you, I don't, everyone has a preference, but I haven't really seen that. Like, you know, the lady shouting at the kid from the side of the ring in a long time. I don't know if that's like a bygone era of trainer or you guys still see that out and about.
2: I definitely see it a bit. I mean, not as much as you used to because I think, you know, I don't know, as time has gone on, people are just, you know, like we're talking about changing trainers, you know, if there's something they don't really like, or they don't like being spoken to a certain way, they're going to up and move. But I also have friends and, and peers that say, you know, I do better when someone's yelling at me, because I feel like, oh, crap, I better, you know, get my stuff together and figure it out. And then they go in the ring, and they produce a better result. You know, I think some people really thrive with the
1: you know, someone yelling at them. Tough with love. Effect. Sure. Yeah, I get that. I'm better with it. I'm better with the tough love. Are you mm-hmm. hmm. like not, I- not my coaching style, but the way that it's, it's very funny because the way I like to be coached is more tough love than the way that I actually coach, which is more like sweet and kind and more for like the amateur ladies and kids and stuff like that. So huh? That's interesting. I didn't even think about that before. Okay, I have an interesting question. Do you guys do polo wraps or boots? And then do you use standing wraps and do you ice your horse? What's your kind of post-care? Justine, what do you do when you're like riding?
0: Um so I do I do like wrap their legs in polo wraps when I ride sometimes, but I'm also kind of lazy. So I probably ride in boots most of the time. But I also, like, right now I have, a, you know, the last two horses I've had, my Hanoverian mare was older, so it wasn't like she was going super hard. And then, um, so she required more post-care. But um, now I've got a young thoroughbred who, I don't know, I, there's always a problem with him. So I'm barely ever riding him right now. But, <laughs> <laughs> but when I do ride him, it's not like he's he's doing super hard work yet. Like, he's still very green. So I mostly, like, I put boots on the front and maybe wrap their hind legs. And for post-care, he's, you know, he came off the track. So he's got some stuff where I always just kind of keep an eye on with his legs. I'm a huge fan of back on track. So anytime where I know he's going to be in the stall for long or in the trailer for long, I'm always putting the back on track boots on. I do prefer standing wraps, but I just happen to have the back on track boots. Um,
1: So what boots are you talking about? Like the ones that kind of wrap like with the Velcro or the standing wraps? Yeah
0: it's well it's actually it's the same so it's their actual standing wrap is inside the boot and then the, they just when yep. you buy the boots it's the same so I could take the standing wrap part out of it and still wrap it like a standing wrap but I keep them in the boots just because um sometimes I'm asking other people to put the boots on them and I feel like the kids at the barn less likely to like mess it up with the boots than if I ask them to do a standing wrap you know what I mean because I get no I get,
1: absolutely Absolutely.
0: kids and other amateurs at the barn that do chores and stuff so it's like hey if they're gonna be in tonight because it's too muddy can you put his boots on i've i have never iced a horse the only horse i've ever iced their legs for was one that was foundering so i i'm curious really? to know. yeah seriously but i've never really jumped at a level that you guys have so i'm curious to know when you ice and how often um but i've poulticed plenty of times especially my hanoverian mare the the one that was older i used to poultice her legs all the time so alex what do you do and then i want to ask both of you guys about like your poultice versus icing like when you choose to do that but alex you go first
2: yeah so my horse is older he's 16 and you know we say he's like operating on you know his ninth life um so i use polar wraps every day and when i jump him i use rundowns and even if I jump a Cavaletti, you know, I ice him and he gets wrapped. He'll get poulticed if he jumps, you know, if he shows he jumps something substantial. But again, he's older and he's had injuries in the past. So that might be a little bit on the cautious side, but I just do it to feel better and to, you know, know that he's feeling good. But we do, we do ice the horses, you know, after they've had a jump school or if they've shown and then they do get wrapped every time they jump. So you, you ice How them do you like, ice Im- them? yeah,
0: do you ice them yeah. like immediately after you ride and then later you poultice or you just ice and then standing around?
2: So typically we'll, you know, they come in from a jump school, take the tack off, you know, they'll get a bath and then while they're drying off, we'll put the ice boots on and then, you know, they'll get, after the ice boots come off, they'll either just get wrapped and, you know, go back in their stall or, or we'll poultice them and wrap them kind of overnight. And, you know, the next morning everything comes off and we make sure the legs look good and, you know, they move on with their work on to the next day.
0: So do you have a preference? Do you like your polar wraps like you don't normally use I, boots?
2: Yeah, I mean, most of our horses that, you know, knock on wood, haven't had injuries or are younger or, you know, the Grand Prix horses will, for the most part, show in, in, in boots front and back. But to flat every day, we use polo wraps. And you know, back boots. And then, you know, I really just kind of the older horses or the ones that have had some soft tissue injuries will show in the rundown boot the rundown wraps in front and just boots behind. Gotcha.
1: What about you, Jess? So we kind of do a little bit of everything. Um, we don't poultice. That's the only thing we don't do, but we use the back on track standing wraps. So that's why we don't poultice because you use that instead. But we um if they're going for like a dressage lesson, they go in white polos just so that it looks nice. If um, they have any kind of like fungus on their leg being fungus or, you know, a scrape or whatever, they always will go on a polo wrap. So like it, whether it's fronts or backs, they'll go in polos all the way around. Um, at the jumper shows with our jumpers, we do a lot of like black polos and ankle boots behind. So they'll be poloed in the front boots behind kind of every day since we're going through, I think we have like 20 plus horses. We do a lot of boots. So a lot of like ankle boots behind or full boots up front or open fronts, kind of a combination of everything. They're always usually neoprene. If they're doing some dressage work, we do have fuzz boots like, you know, the Veritas front, uh, open fronts are kind of what we show in, but, Everything else just kind of goes in boots on an everyday kind of thing, unless there's something special or they're going for a dressage lesson, then they're always in white polos just because of the look. And then icing, we ice um, the big horses every time they jump and everybody that gallops, they go. So a lot of ours gallop two days a week, Tuesdays and Saturdays. Every time they gallop, they get iced. But for us, it's great. We use the horse wear makes a horse vibe. Uh, ice vibe boot I mean and it pulses so like it vibrates so you put in an ice pack and then it vibrates on so it's really easy so they have like inserts so we don't have to like pack like old school ice and they just stand in the cross ties for 20 minutes so they'll like same thing kind of get done with their work get cooled out get a bath and stand in the cross ties with ice boots
0: interesting so we ice a lot really interesting. so that is interesting how how often you guys ice and uh Rachel from the podcast facebook group actually had a question about this so she was asking when do you start to ice like at what level um like how hard is your horse working before you're starting to ice them afterward
1: preliminary and up ices every time they jump and then same like with our jumpers so like basically if they're jumping like a meter 15 meter 20 at home then they'll start icing every time they jump and especially when they gallop so we gallop kind of and when i say gallop they don't really it's like a slow canner, but they do have in controlled sets. So they will be almost, you know, they do three sets of three minutes and then they'll bump up the way to kind of eight minutes and add hill work and everything else. And long walks with the big guys, those always get ice. So they kind of start the routine of icing. So our training level horses will go for a little canner set and then come in and get ice. So they get used to standing in the ice boots and the cross ties every time. And then, um, by the time they're at preliminary level, they're getting iced, you know, just twice a week when they gallop. And then when they jump kind of big, but if we're jumping little stuff, we don't ice them.
0: What about you, Alex?
2: Um, it's actually pretty similar, you know, we'll if they're jumping kind of, you know, small cavallettes or, you know, not a huge quantity of them sort of just on an odd day for fitness, you know, we'll, we'll ice most everything once they get above, you know, a meter or they're jumping several courses at home to prepare for the horse show kind of thing. But, you know, they're we try to not tread that fine line between, you know, horses aren't, you know, you can't treat them like they're glass, but also, you know, we have to protect their legs. And so I think it also is really dependent on the horse. And if they've had injuries in the past or, you know, they're pretty sturdy, I think. Each horse is kind of unique and it depends on you know what their legs look like and the company you know versus what they're competing how, they old they are. <laughs> exactly. how old they are exactly yeah
0: sure all right I've got more questions though so many questions so um Jess specifically for you why don't you poultice I know you said you use the back on track boots instead but isn't that because poultice is like a, a cooling effect still like an icing right
1: yeah it's kind of gross and it takes is a lot of time, honestly. It's messy. <laughs> I mean, I and it's hate to a pain. Say that we're kind of lazy, but <laughs> with too many horses in the barn, it is way easier just to put on the back and tracks. So, I mean, if there's a certain reason we need to poultice, we'll use it, but the back on tracks are great. Like, if there's any kind of inflammation or whatever else, we'll put those on, and it's usually gone by the morning. And they're so amazing. I love them. They're great. And we just, you know, for. Every day, kind of thing. We'll put those wraps on and be done. And then we do have, like, you know, the no-bo wraps and bring poultice just in case we need it for some odd reason. But I can't really tell you the last time I poulticed a horse just normally.
0: <laughs> All right, two more questions, and then I'll, I'll let you guys. Go oh, but about the
1: feet, I will tell you about that. We do, we do pack their feet. Like if they jump on hard surface and like it's kind of hard ground with the footing, we will pack their feet with like a sole pack. Oh, really? leave the uh, shoe on. Yep. So we do do that. So like we have one that's a bit tender and then our big horses, like if it's really hard ground and they've been galloping on it, like intermediate and advanced, we use soul pack and it comes in like these little pre-made packages. So they're really easy to like, just take out of the package, slap on, put vet wrap around it and leave it for the night. And we do do that for the big horses if it's hard ground.
0: Okay. Interesting. All right. So two more questions. So how do you train a young horse to stand in the ice boots? Well, you use ice vibe, which is a little, a little different, but I'm Alex, a, I
1: was going to say I cheat.
0: <laughs> yeah. What about you, Alex? How do you train a young horse to be comfortable in the ice boots?
1: Oh God. I mean, we've
2: had ones that just do it. And then ones that, you know, it, Andrew's mare that fi- retired last year, you know, and she was older, even like the last Grand Prix she jumped, she still, you know, fought standing in the ice. I think. You know, you try and distract them or, you know, find what's comfortable for them. She felt better having both of her front boots in one tub full of ice. Some of them you have to hold one leg up while the other foot is in ice. I think, you know, some are just better about it than others, unfortunately. (laughs) For us, that has been our experience. You feed them treats standing in the ice. I mean, what about Jess? What I mean, have you guys ever had one that's,
1: or have you tried that before on a young horse? We had, well, he wasn't even young. He was just a brat.
2: Um, my,
1: yeah. I mean, I did love him. It was my four star Wars, but he would not stand in water or ice or anything. And he had bad feet. And at the time, like it was a really couple hard summers of no rain. So he's running on hard footing and he needs to ice. I do remember one time going to a wash rack and it was like gravel at the horse show. So I just made him stand in that with bucket, like with ice basically there and cold water holding on it. And that's how we iced him one time. And then I had to go that summer and my trainer was like, you've got to teach this thing to stay in the water. Like this is now ridiculous. <laughs> you were just standing in a in a gravel pit basically. So we took those black feed tubs, you know, the little three inch high ones. Yeah, and I filled it with like a quarter inch of water. And every day I had to stand with that sucker in the rack because he'd flip them over every time he hated standing in it. And it took me one summer of every day inching, like inching it up. I'd have like another inch of water and he'd stand in it for 20 minutes. And then the next day I'd add water. And then it got to be where he finally would stand in a tub full of ice and I got it done. But it took me all summer of every day, adding a little bit of water to little bitty buckets. And that was pretty painful. But like Alex says, most of them are fine. Like most of them will stand in it. And like you lift one leg up, like she said, you feed them treats. You kind of do all the same sort of tricks. But once they came out with those ice vibes, I got to tell you, they've be the best thing ever for <laughs> our ladies.
0: All right. And so my last question is, so, um, I normally put boots on the front of my horse and then, and then pull a wrap his hind legs. But I know both of you guys said the opposite. Is there a reason why? Just curious.
2: Um. I mean, again, for us, like maybe because we've been conditioned with sort of older, more delicate horses to just polo wrap them in front. And it's sort of something that became, a, you know, a, in our, you know, the essence of our program, so to speak. And, you know, I think that if they have for us, if they've had maybe soft tissue injuries behind or they're a little bit more delicate behind, um. Polo wraps are great but for the most part again it's just easier with the quantity of horses to throw on, you know, angle boots behind.
0: Gotcha. And what about what about you Jess?
1: Same sort of thing. I mean, I think it's a lot of habit too. You know, you just kind of polo wrap the front and put angles behind, but also um same thing like due to injury most of them are up front or they have a little bit of swelling up front <clears throat> and that polo kind of just That's where they usually nick themselves and usually cause themselves more harm. And so it kind of started probably same thing. You started using the wraps and the polo wraps and you kind of just stuck with it. And then it shows it's easier. We take show boots and we don't have to bring a ton of schooling boots. We just bring a couple polos. So then it's about packing efficiency too. You're not bringing a thousand different things. Right. Gotcha. Makes sense to me. So Justine, I heard you're kind of in a tiff about something on Facebook because I uh, saw something about where saliva might be causing ulcers these days. Oh my God. All right. I don't even know
0: where to start. Like I'm shaking my hands wildly that you guys can't (laughs) even see me because this is how mad I get. (laughs) But let me, let me primer on this. Uh, Both of you know, I am a journalist by trade. I work for a daily newspaper. Um, i'm gonna try very hard to not get political on this but um in the world in the era of fake news where people literally call me every day and yell at me and shout at me that i'm fake news and the stuff i put in the newspaper is made up you know like this is my job i've been trained to go to school for it it is amazing to me that the fake news craze has made its way into the horse world on facebook of course, of course, Facebook. Out of like any other platform, of course, it's Facebook. Yep. So, the first one I want to talk about, which is actually an old post, it's from 2016. But for oh, no, I'm lying. I'm not fake news. I swear not. But so the first one I want to talk about <laughs> is this That's post awesome. that um it it's been making the rounds this week. There's two of them that like I just keep seeing on Facebook that keep popping up. And the first one is what you said, Jess. There's this post that says, did you know when a horse salivates during work, there are negative reactions throughout the whole body? And it goes on to be this book of telling you how uh, saliva when your horse is like really frothy on the bit is bad and it causes ulcers um, because it makes the stomach like kick in and produce more acid, which is just It's just wrong. It's just wrong. This is not real life. This is fake information that people are putting on the internet. And it's one of these things that have been shared like a million times, you know, that I keep seeing it being posted and shared by horse people I know. And I just, it drives me crazy that people read something on Facebook and just believe it verbatim. Oh, it's
2: true. Oh, it has to be true. It's on Facebook.
0: Oh my God. That drives me
2: crazy. Uh, So
0: did you guys see this though? Do you know what I'm talking about? Have you seen it?
1: Yeah, because everyone is sharing yes. it. <laughs> yes, you just, it's all over the place.
0: And it's it just, so sp- the spread of misinformation drives me crazy. It happens all the time in my industry. Uh, a great example right now is the terrible school shooting. And then now today, there's all this t- like information that's not real because people are bullying students who survived a school shooting on on the Internet. This is the same thing. I just, like, I don't know who posted this. Why? What was their intention? Why are they trying to
2: why you know as, as a journalist, you know, what can you what advice can you give for people that, you know, aren't trained to know better and are just looking at something? Like how can you know? How do you cut through the clutter? Don't don't rely on
0: social media for for credible information ever, especially when it comes to the health of your horse. Do not go to the search bar on Facebook go like Ulcers in horses don't do that because you're yes, some groups on Facebook are very helpful when you are sharing anecdotal experiences with other people to get an idea of, uh, okay, maybe my does my horse does have ulcers. This person said this helped, but never ever take that as like verbatim as law as research. Uh, Call your damn vet. Okay, like look up, look up (laughs) medical studies. Those are like real things that exist. Uh, just like how you should trust your own credible like local news source do not rely on Facebook Re- read real equestrian magazines that pay real people to research these topics and then write about them and quote real credible people uh like actual vets and researchers do not just go like hmm I don't know what this page is on Facebook but it's talk you know a thousand people have shared it so it must be true that is not true it's hardly ever true any anymore which is really sad that we have to be so apprehensive and almost defensive in the in the information that we find and that we believe but if it's on Facebook please always always just like take it with a grain of salt yeah (laughs) so the other one is equally as effing ridiculous so this one is from 2016 and it's all of a sudden been making the rounds again because you know, like that stupid ad on Facebook that pops up about the 52 thoroughbreds that need homes. Yeah. You know, like always comes around, I guess this one is making the rounds like that. So this one is, uh, is posted by someone who apparently is a, uh, equine dentist and it's showing an image of a horse's tongue, like during a float. And the tongue has, uh, has like the severe dent, that went all the way around it, almost like someone tied a rubber band around its throat, and now it just has this severe damage. Well, this post from this so-called dentist is saying that uh, they see this every couple, you know, every fifty floats or so. And uh, what hap- Why this horse has so s- such severe damage to its tongue is because of the way the snaffle bit sits in its mouth, and uh, when you apply so much unrelenting pressure from your hands, you literally uh damage a horse's tongue in this way uh which makes absolutely no sense in any like any real world situation ever because just think about how a bit works it just it blows my mind that people just like look at this and go oh my god this is real this is a picture of a real horse that had its tongue tied and if you don't know what that is it happens uh i know race horses tie horses tongues down so that they can't get behind or off the bit um but this is specifically an image of a horse that had its tongue physically tied. This has nothing to do with the snaffle bit. You cannot literally <laughs> cause nerve damage or mouth damage to your horse from riding it with its snaffle bit or or too tight of a noseband. People jumped on that bandwagon. Anywhere you are
2: snaffle bit conspirators, I don't understand how somebody could just.
0: Well, and you know what's sad is. I think there are uh, people in groups out there that create these pages on Facebook and they build a whole brand around it. You know what I mean? So I think it is, it, it's easy to dupe people because you look at this page and they'll have thousands of followers, but they're not a trained journalist. They're not a trained vet. They're not anything. They just created a Facebook page and have a following now. And that is the only reason why people believe it because they're just like, oh, well, people... People are following this page and they post interesting thing about horses. So why would this be wrong? Um, and that's I mean, that's like believing like a a 15 year old who has a YouTube channel and he reviews sodas on YouTube. Like that is, you know, that person has has no real knowledge about what's in soda. They just review it on the Internet. You know what I mean? Like that's. Like, That's how crazy it is. Like people are just so easily duped by the look and feel of a website. You know what I'm saying? But have you guys seen, you've seen the tongue one, right? Two. Yes. Have you ever heard of a horse ever having like severe mouth damage because of a snaffle bit and pressure from the hand ever?
2: Not on the tongue.
1: (laughs) Right. I mean, and what kind of snaffle are they using? Because mine wouldn't do that.
2: If anything, they would go up into the roof of the mouth, not the tongue. Um, Like, if it's low enough in their mouth that it could, even in some realm of reality, dent the tongue, it's going to be too low. It's going to be set wrong, too low, and it will be too loose to have any kind of real effect on the tongue. So none of it makes sense at all.
1: No.
0: And it drives me crazy. I don't want to tell you guys to trust no one, (laughs) but— Like, take everything that you read with a grain of salt and and find credible sources that you know uh, have some sort of integrity that they actually do the research required before they post shit on the internet. You know what I mean? Like, just find and try to maybe put blinders on and just try to not look at the, the clutter and the crap that's everywhere and, and focus on the stuff that's real. Because this is sad. You know? This is not how you become a better horse person. No. This no. is sad. So sorry, I'm getting off my soapbox. (laughs) I don't know if you guys have anything to add. I I mean, but it just drives me crazy. Ask your vet, ask your equine dentist. Don't rely on
1: people you trust. Don't look online. That's like WebMDing yourself.
0: Exactly, exactly. Or like go to a magazine that you like, or you know what I mean? Or a specific publication that that you read for horse news and horse science that quotes real vets, real people. This is not real. So don't feed into it. Don't keep sharing it. Because <laughs> that's what makes no. it worse, how it grows legs and goes crazy. Ugh. It's pretty, right. pretty incredible. Rant over, I swear. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But we do have a mailbag. Um, so i want to read this question, I think, probably for you, Jess, since you're our eventer. So Sage from our Facebook group writes, uh, does anyone know the status of the USCF or FEI approving inflatable vests for use on cross country instead of a padded vest? Um, and are there differing
1: viewpoints? So I don't think anytime, I don't think it will ever actually be approved that they just let you wear the inflatable vest because if you were to fall with the horse, your vest isn't going to blow up. So they're not going to pass something that is going to make it less safe in my opinion. So I think that for a while, you're always going to have the padded vest that's going to be required. And then, I mean, I'd love for them to see that the inflatable vest has to be required, but I don't think that's going to happen as well. So I think that kind of rule is probably going to stay the same for quite some time. And uh, I mean, I'd, We personally cross-country school, much less like every time we show, we have both vest on. And then when we even are schooling cross-country, we have both the padded and the inflatable vest.
0: Wow. So do you you just wear the padded underneath the inflatable?
1: No, yes. And it's really, I mean, they're quite comfortable. Like you get kind of used to it. So the inflatable vest that we use is hit air. So it's really like slimming and it fits right over the padded vest and they're basically like hooked on and we just grab, we don't grab one with the other, honestly.
0: Interesting. So if you guys want to send us a question, uh, you're more than welcome to join our Facebook group. All you have to do is search for Heels Down Happy Hour Podcast Lounge in Facebook. It's a closed group. So all you got to do is ask to join and we'll approve you. Or you can send us an email at hello at heelsdownmedia.com. All right, guys. So it's time for Rose and Thorn. Do you guys have any this week? You need a minute to think about it. I mean, I'm, have to think for
2: I'm excited I get to show again this week. It's been a couple of weeks. I'm ready to get back in Yay. the ring. Yay. I'm excited yeah. for you. I'm looking forward to it. What about you guys? Do you have a thorn yet? No, I, I mean, uh, this is really sad. My only thorn is that Blacklist isn't back on for a couple of weeks. And I was really looking forward to watching last week's episode. And then I realized that there wasn't a last week's episode.
1: I thought it was next week. Is but it, it comes week? on next week. Yeah, I think everything returns next week. Oh, is it because of
2: the
0: Olympics that there's nothing on TV? Yeah, it's because of the Olympics. But that's been super fun to watch, too.
1: It has been fun. fun.
0: What about you, Jess?
1: So my rose is that uh, my sister, my youngest sister's pregnant. And so we're going to her baby shower this weekend. And so, yeah, so a lot of my family gets to meet baby Hudson for the first time. So that's exciting. Yep. So that's my rose. And then my thorn is... Oh, I don't have one. I don't know. The weather's been good. <laughs> I'm trying to think what a thorn could be. It's been a really good week. Do I have to have a thorn? No, mine,
2: mine too. That's mine was kind of lame, so that's why I mean it was sort of thorn.
1: They both are kind
0: of lame. Mine's going to be lame too, so that's okay. I'll yeah, we'll take hear a
2: yours. good a week of lame,
0: bad thorns. Yeah. So aside from like how much I hate fake news on the internet, uh, my thorn oh. is definitely. Yeah. <laughs> The weather, actually, I'm jumping on the weather bandwagon because it is February and it is literally 85 degrees outside and this is crazy. And I just keep having like uh, paranoid stress dreams that my horse is going to stop sweating again because it's already so hot. And I just, I thought we would have a little bit longer before it would get this hot. It just sucks.
2: It's been real hot down here.
0: It's crazy. So it's like, realistically, I've got like two months to ride before you know I gotta really Scaling scale back it. yeah so just because it's gonna be too hot to do anything uh-huh. which, which sucks but what the good news is is I'm finally gonna horse show so I got two shows I'm going to next month so
1: yeah that's awesome. gonna be your rose or do you have another
0: rose no that's my rose my rose is like yay my horse rose. shows on the horizon so <laughs>
2: awesome
0: yeah Well, if you want to hear more from us, check out Heels Down Magazine. It's an interactive digital magazine on your phone or tablet, so you can take it anywhere. You can download it on iTunes or Google Play or check us out on our website at heelsdownmag.com. We'll be releasing episodes of Heels Down Happy Hour on the second and last Fridays of every month. Did you know you can get the Horse Radio Network app on your iOS or Android phone? Search for Horse Radio Network in the App Store. It's free and super easy to use. All right, guys. So that's a wrap. Time for cheers.
1: Cheers. Cheers.